welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Force. Join us now for a service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Uh, we're going to be talking tonight. We're, we're talking about spiritual warfare, and um, we, we've talked about, I think last Sunday we were talking about the transference of spirits, or last Wednesday rather, we were talking about the transference of spirits. Tonight, we're, we're going to talk about the causes and, and the cure for generational curses that come upon our life. So we're going to talk about, because the Bible does address this, and so we're going to talk about those things tonight. And we're going to begin uh, in Genesis chapter 22, verses 15 through 18, and that's the passage that we're going to begin in. And we have several scriptures tonight that I want to share with you. Um, but before we do that, I, I just want to mention that the Bible talks a lot about blessing, but it also talks about cursing. And in the scripture, we can see the, con the continuation, the continuity of that from one generation to the next, and many times from one individual to the next. Sometimes generational curses are not just passed down from, from a biological uh, parent to a biological child, sometimes there are uh, generations in business. Sometimes there are generations in other areas of our life that are not necessarily biological. And so it, it all depends on where, who we've been hanging out with. It all depends on what we have learned, uh, what we have downloaded. And so if we don't watch it, we've got, uh, we'll position ourselves to actually operate in a way that attracts more of a demonic influence than a heavenly blessing. And we don't want to do that, do we? Now, um, we're not focusing on what the enemy can do. We're focusing on how to combat the enemy. The Bible says that we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, that we're to submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And so uh, we don't need to be ignorant or unlearned of his devices or the ways that he operates. So tonight I want to talk, first of all, about some examples of the blessing and that's in Genesis chapter 22, uh, verses uh, 15 through 18. And the Bible says this, And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply Thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you've obeyed my voice. Now that's in the King James Version, obviously. I've got my King James Bible tonight, so that's where we'll be tonight. King James Version. I want, to know, I want you to notice just a couple of things here. First of all... I want you to notice that the blessing came from God. Secondly, I want you to notice that it came because Abraham was obedient. It came because Abraham was obedient. Now, um, we can go over to Genesis chapter 27. Let's just slip over just a couple of chapters there. Genesis chapter 27, uh, verses 27 through 29. Here's what the Bible says. 
And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Therefore God give thee of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee and blessed be he that blesseth thee. And so this was the blessing that I that Isaac was actually giving to Jacob thinking that he was giving it to Esau. But it was a blessing. So we see the transference of the blessing. And so we see that in verse number 33 and then down verses 37 through 40. So we see, and, and these are just two little examples in the Scripture. There are many different examples in the Scripture where the Bible talks about the transference of a blessing from one person to the next or from one generation to the next. There's many places in the Scripture. But just as, as that applies, so also is there uh, the, the same principles that apply to curses. And so curses can, the, you know, the word curse actually appears over 200 times in Scripture. The word curse. And, and you know, if, if something is on God's mind that much, then I think we should pay a little bit of attention to it, don't you? And so it's not there because God wants to threaten us. It's not there because God wants us to be afraid. It's there, once again, because God doesn't want us to be ignorant of Satan's devices. And so one of the major things that we need to pay attention to is that we have to become aware of what the enemy's trying to do. And one of the number one things that the enemy tries to do is he tries to curse us. He tries to curse us. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 26, let's go over there. Proverbs chapter 26. Let's just lay our eyes on that scripture for a minute. Proverbs chapter 26 and verse number 2. Verse 1 says, As snow in summer and as rain in harvest, so honor is not seeming seemly for a fool. Now look at verse 2. As the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. What does that mean? That means that for every curse there is a cause. For every curse there is a cause. It says the, the curse causeless shall not come. So for every curse there is a cause. In other words... When we are experiencing the manifestations of a curse in our life. And we're talking spiritual warfare here. So when we're experiencing the manifestations of a curse in our life, then we have to, if we're going to defeat that curse, then what we have to do is we have to try to, to find out what the cause of that curse is. So... You know, sometimes people say, well, I just bind that curse in the name of Jesus and all of that. And, and that's wonderful and that's great. And we have the power to do that. But we can bind it all day long and we can bind it and bind it. By, and tomorrow it can try to come back on us. And then we can bind it tomorrow and it can try to come back on us the next day. And then we can bind it the next day and it can try to come back on us the next day. What if we find out the cause of it and root it up at the cause, at the root? What if we did that? What if we were able to do spiritual warfare at the root of the cause of that curse. Does that make sense? You understand what I'm saying? So if we can learn to do spiritual warfare at the root of it, then it can no longer reproduce the curse in our life. And so the Bible teaches that. The Bible teaches that there's always a cause for a curse. So now let's ask ourselves, uh, what are some of the sources for curses in our life? Now, uh, <laughs> uh, now a lot of people... Uh, now. 
just let me put it like this, okay? We live in the dispensation of grace today. We no longer live under the law. So we're not bound by the curse of the law. So we live under the dispensation of grace. But under the law, God actually cursed people. In Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 3, uh, the, the Bible talks about a curse where God gave protection to Abraham against people that didn't like the Jews for anti-Semitism. So what he was saying was, if they come against you, I'll curse them. And that was in the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy, let's go over there. Now you knew we had to go there, but in, in Deuteronomy chapter 27, Deuteronomy chapter 27, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy. That's in the Old Testament. It's the first five books of the Bible known as the Pentateuch or Moses' books. Now, here's what I, I, this, I don't want you to be depressed by this. I want you to look that there were 12 curses for the breaking of the law of Moses and there were causes for that. And so this was something that God actually put into the law back then. And understand we're under grace, but I'm, I'm trying to make the point that sometimes uh, that curse came from God under the law. Deuteronomy chapter 27, 15. Cursed be the man that maketh any graven image or molten image, which is an abomination unto the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsmen, and putteth it in a secret place, and all the people shall answer and say, Amen. So we see the cause of that is that God doesn't want to be uh, reduced to the point where He's like a graven image. So in other words, we don't need to be making statues of what we think God is and putting them up on our mantle and worshiping the statue. We need to be in a relationship with the Lord. Verse number 16, Cursed be he that setteth light by his father or his mother, and all the people shall say, Amen. We're supposed to honor our father and mother. Cursed be he that removeth his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Amen. Why would he remove his neighbor's landmark? So he could steal his land. Okay? Uh, Cursed be he that maketh the blind to wander out of the way, and all the people shall say, Amen. Amen. I guess that used to be sport back then. Cursed, (laughs) we were driving through McDonald's the other day, and I asked them if they had a Braille menu for the driver. Some of you guys just got that. That, that, that little lady, she, that little lady working the window, she just needed a good laugh. She was having a rough day, and that made her smile, so that was good. <laughs> Cursed be he that perverteth the judgment of the stranger, fatherless and widow, and all the people shall say, Amen. Amen. Cursed be he that lieth with his father's wife, because he uncovereth his father's skirt, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that lieth with any manner of beast, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that lieth with his sister, the daughter of his father, or the daughter of his mother, and all the people shall say, Amen. Amen. Cursed be he that lieth with his mother-in-law, and all the people shall say, Amen. Amen. Cursed, <laughs> Cursed be he that smiteth his neighbor secretly, and all the people shall say, Amen. Amen. Cursed be he that taketh reward to slay an innocent person, and all the people shall say, Amen. And cursed be he that confirmeth not all the words of this law to do them, and all the people shall say, Amen. Amen. So there were 12 curses for breaking the law of Moses, and there were causes, and those curses actually came from God. They actually came from God. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 17, another passage of Scripture, Zechariah. Uh, the Bible says, Zechariah 5, 1 through 4, uh, that, that you can be cursed for stealing and swearing falsely or, or, or perjury. So curses uh, come from God sometimes. Sometimes curses come. The second place that curses can come from is they can come from men 
on behalf of God. On men, from men on behalf of God. 1 Kings chapter uh, 16 and verse 34 and Joshua chapter 6 and verse 26, we see where that curse came uh, from Joshua concerning Jericho. Remember Joshua in the battle of Jericho? Well, God used Joshua to execute a curse upon Jericho. And then in 2 Samuel 3, 28 through 29, we see where there was a curse from, from David regarding Joab because of the slaying of his son Absalom. And uh, so, so we see that. 2 Kings chapter 5, 26 through 27 is a curse from a man on behalf of God concerning Gehazi, which was the servant of Elisha, because he lied to the man of God and leprosy came back upon him. He lied to the man of God. Psalms chapter 109 verses 6 through 8, we see the prophetic curse that David uttered concerning Judas Iscariot that would one day betray Jesus and then hang himself and the way the scriptures say it is all of his bowels would gush out. And so that, that, that was a prophetic curse and we see where that, that curse came into fruition when Jesus uh, died. Mark chapter 11, 12 through 14, 20 through 21, we see where Jesus cursed the fig tree. Remember? Jesus cursed the fig tree because the fig tree wasn't bearing the fruit that he thought. And when they came back, the Bible said that the fig tree was dried up by the roots. When the, children, when the disciples of Jesus came back by that fig tree, it was... Uh, you know, dried up by the roots. And so we see where, you know, sometimes God would curse people in the Old Testament. We see where sometimes God would use men, men of God, uh, to, to, to do that. And then sometimes we, well, in one place in particular, we, we see where Jesus actually did that. Uh, now, an, another way that curses can come is through people that have relational authority. Relational authority. Now, in Genesis chapter 31, we find a story of how that Jacob uh, was cursing Rachel, his wife. And the reason was because, well, there was a curse on her. And the reason was because she actually was participating in occult activity. She had statues in her stuff that she had stolen from someone else. And because of that, there was a curse. Now, when Jacob done it, I don't think that he, when he when he issued the curse, I re, I don't think it was his wife that that he knew that it was his wife that it was going to land on. But he basically said, as, as for me and my house, you know, we're going to serve the Lord, and anyone that doesn't serve the Lord is going to receive a curse. And the curse actually landed upon Rachel. So we see people with relational authority; they can actually do that. Now, let me say this, and I just want to say it uh, very plainly and with a lot of love. But a lot of times, here's what, we can, here's what we do. A lot of times, by the way we treat our kids and by the way we treat other people, we open the door for curses to come into their life. And so we got to be cautious of that, don't we? We have to be very careful about that because I don't want my children to suffer because I opened a, a, an avenue for the enemy to enter into their life. I mean, we're talking about... Spiritual warfare here. And sometimes spiritual warfare is as simple as shutting the door. Remember last week when I told you that spiritual warfare isn't all about praying? It's about 90% conduct. Do you remember that? So we have to be very careful, don't we? We've got to be very, very careful that we don't allow those things to come into our children's life and into our family's life and into our offspring's life. Sometimes... 
we experience curses because they are self-imposed upon us. Sometimes we allow ourselves to get involved in activities that we shouldn't, and when we do, we open the door to the enemy, and the enemy gains entrance into our life, and when he does, things start acting different. They start acting funny, and things start going nuts and crazy and wild, and, all, and we're wondering what in the world. I mean, there used to be so much peace in my life, and now there's not any peace in my life anymore. How come there's no more peace in my life? Well, I found out a long time ago that when that begins to happen in my life, that I need to just back up a little bit and, and look at at some of the activities. Have my activities changed? Have I allowed people into my life that shouldn't be into my life? Have I started watching a television program that I shouldn't be watching? Come on. I'm not telling you don't watch television, but sometimes, you know, we don't need to be watching this witchcraft stuff. We don't need to be doing that because the eyes are the gates to our soul, which is the seat of our mind and our will and our emotion. And so is the ears. The ears are the gates to our soul. And some people say, well, that's just creativity. Well, the devil is very creative. He is. And he knows how to make his way in. And so we have to be very careful that we don't, uh, that we don't have these self-imposed curses upon our life. As parents, sometimes you have to tell your kids no when it makes them mad. They don't need a buddy. They need a mom. They need a dad. And we have to just tell them, you, you know, I'm sorry. I love you. I know you don't understand. And one of these days, maybe you will. But right now, you're in my house, and this is not going to be played on the set in our house. This is not the kind of music that we're going to listen to. Now, I'm not talking, not all secular music is bad, but there's some of it that you don't need even on your street, let alone in your house. And so we got to be careful about those types of things, don't we, okay? And then another way that curses come is through satanic influence. The enemy's playground is our emotions. He, he has a field day with our mind. That's why Jesus said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. That's why the scripture said in the book of Philippians that whatsoever things are true and whatsoever things are honest and whatsoever things are just. And, and the list goes on and then it says if there be any virtue, that means any power. If there be any praise, think on these things. And so we guard the emotional attack of the enemy by guarding our mind. And we take stewardship responsibility of the mind that God has given us. And we say, Lord, would you guide me? Would you lead me? And if, if I'm beginning to think in the wrong way, would you please help? And sometimes we got to call in some help. I'm not going to embarrass anybody today. I'd probably embarrass myself more than anything. But I had a conversation with a man today, and I told him, I said, you know, I need some help. You know, we, we've suffered some major attacks. And I got to keep my heart right. And I got to keep my spirit right. And I got to keep my attitude right. And I'm not going to. And I told him, I said, I don't want a root of bitterness to get inside of me. I've had that happen before. I don't want that to happen. I don't want it to mess up. What, and I told him, I know you've been down this road. I need some help. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with asking people to help you guard your mind emotionally. Touch your neighbor and say, I need you. Tell them, say, I need you. I need you in my life. <laughs> we need each other in our lives, don't we? 
Now, I want us to look at Romans chapter 12 for just a moment. Here, Romans chapter 12 and verse number 14. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. This is an imperative from the Word of God. And it says, Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Where cursing equals abuse, there is probably demonic influence somewhere. And the only way to undo demonic influence in cursing is through blessing. Blessing is the antidote to cursing. You want some more scripture for that? Love your enemies. Do good to them who despitefully use you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely. Hello! This is going to happen. Especially if you're a Christian, this is going to happen. There are people that are not going to like you. There are people for the rest of your life that are going to say things about you that are not true. Your crime is you're a Christian. You're called by His name. How do we respond? We bless them, not for them. We bless them to release us. That's why we live in forgiveness. Forgiveness is not for the offender. Forgiveness is for the accused. We forgive them so we can be free. What if we say, we forgive you and they don't receive it? You've still done your part. You've still done your part. You followed the precepts of the scripture. You followed what the word of God says. You're off the hook in God's eyes. What they do with it, and it has to be genuine, but what they do with it is totally and completely up to them. Our protection is to bless. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, just to the right in your Bible a little more there, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 12, here's what the Bible says. And labor, working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we suffer it. Verse 13, being defamed, we entreat. We're made as the filth of the world and are the offspring of all things unto this day. He said, I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. And then he goes on. And that's the passage of Scripture where he says, you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, but you have few fathers. And what he was telling them is, I'm giving you some spiritual, fatherly advice that can help you grow in God. And so our protection is to bless. Now, go over to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. And verse number 9. 
Bible's falling apart. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9. Well, first of all, verse number 8 says this. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, that means kind-hearted, and be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing knowing that ye are there unto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. So the Bible teaches us that we are called to bless. We're called to, I'm called to bless you, you're called to bless me. We're called to bless one another. We're called to bless our enemies. And the Bible said when we do that, then we inherit a blessing. And so we actually position ourselves to receive the blessing of the Lord upon our lives when we keep our attitude right, when we keep our spirit right. We position ourselves to receive the blessing of the Lord upon our life when we have blessing going on from us, when we live a lifestyle of blessing one another. So my whole life is about blessing other people. It's about pouring out to other people. And it's not so I can get what I, what I, what I have. That's not the reason that I do it. I do it because God reconditioned me and God transformed me and God made me to be that kind of a person. And God can do that for every single one of us. Every single one of us. We're called to be a blessing. If we want to reverse the curse that is upon our life, then what we do is we adopt a lifestyle of blessing where we are blessing one another in the name of the Lord and we're blessing those that say all manner of evil against us in the name of the Lord and we're blessing our enemies in the name of the Lord. We're just so full of wanting to bless someone that when someone pokes you, whether they poke you for good or for bad, out of you comes nothing but blessing. I mean, that's the way a Christian should live. Now, not all of us are there. I mean, the Bible says we're not, when we're reviled, we're not supposed to revile again. In other words, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not supposed to punch back. There's times when we want to. Let me tell you something. I'm just as fleshly as you are. Sometimes I say, take that ordination off the wall. Give me 10 minutes. We'll hang it back up. We'll hang it back up. My darling wife says there's nothing in the world that five minutes and a baseball bat can't take care of. When we left our last church several years ago now, when we left our last church, by the way, Sunday, we've been here six years. That's hard to believe. But when we left our last church, they actually signed, everybody signed a paddle and gave it to her. She's got it in her office. That's funny. So here, we've got to, we just have to make up our minds. You know what? This is how I'm going to live. Doesn't matter how hard I get hit, this is how I'm going to live. I'm going to be a blesser. I'm going to be a blesser. I'm going to find ways to bless people. And it doesn't always take money to bless people. Sometimes you can just rake someone's yard or cut someone's grass or, you know, or, some, or give someone a smile when they're having a hard day. My goodness, those things are priceless sometimes. Here's a novel idea. What about pray for somebody? What about praying for them? You know, on Sunday mornings from 8 to 9 o'clock, we have prayer here now in the sanctuary. We started that this past Sunday. They were meeting in my office before. Now, when, now that we went to one service for the summer, now we're doing it from 8 to 9 o'clock here in the sanctuary. And there was a few men and a lady that showed up and, come on, let's just pray for people. Let's pray for one another on Sunday mornings from 8 until 9 o'clock. 
Sometimes those blessings, sometimes those blessings uh, um, are the antidote that, that we need to, to come against the curse in our lives. Now, here are, here are different forms. Now, I, I, just, I feel like I'm just giving you guys a whole lot of information tonight. But that's okay because, you know, we've got a couple of three weeks on this and I just need to get a good foundation laid for you. But if you go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 1 through 14, we'll talk about the different forms that blessings can take here. I'll just read the, ver- the first 14 verses here to you, okay? And it shall come to pass if you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe and do all His commandments which I command you this day that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if you hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field and blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your kind and the flocks of your sheep. Blessed shall be your basket in store. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies that rise against you to be smitten before your face. They will come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that you set your hand unto and he'll bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. We're only halfway through and I'm about ready to shout. Look at that. The Lord will establish you. Man, I've preached series on this. I want to preach right now. The Lord will establish you, a holy people, unto Himself, as He's sworn unto you, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in His ways. And all people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they will respect you or be afraid of you. And the Lord shall make you plenteous in goods in the fruit of your body and in the fruit of your cattle and in the fruit of your ground and in the land which the Lord swear to your fathers to give you. And the Lord will open unto you His good treasure, the heaven to give rain unto your land in His season and to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend unto many nations and shall not borrow. And the Lord, I say this over you every Sunday, and the Lord, shall make you the head and not the tail. See, it's in the Word. And thou shalt be above only and not beneath, if that you hearken unto the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command thee this day to observe and do them, and thou shalt shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. This is the blessing that God gave to the children of Israel. And that blessing, you see what it, what it looks like here. And that blessing comes because they listened to the voice of God and because they did what God said. That's the cause. The, that, that, that's, that's why the blessing came. Because they listened to the voice of God and they did what God said. I've had people come to me through the years. I've been in the ministry many, many years. I've had people come to me through the years and they've said to me, Pastor, I just don't understand why, you know, I read these promises and all this. For every promise in the book, there is a condition. Why? Because God is a God of covenant. He is a covenant God. 
He says, you do your part, I'll do my part. You come toward me, I'll come towards you. And he's waiting for you to go towards him so he can come towards you. He is a covenant God. The reason that people don't receive the blessing that we're talking about is because they're not doing their part. They're not keeping their end of the covenant. Sometimes we're not keeping our end of the covenant. If I don't get what I'm believing God for, I can't blame God for it because He's already provided it. He's already paid the price for it 2,000 years ago on Calvary. The price for my healing has been paid. The price for my prosperity has been paid. The price for the blessing of God upon my life has been paid. The price for the favor of God upon my life has already been paid 2,000 years ago. What more do you want Him to do? He sent His Son Jesus to die on Calvary, the death of a criminal, so that we could experience... The blessings that come from Calvary. What more could he do? No, the problem's not in God. It's in us. We got to take ownership of that. We got to take responsibility for that. We got to say, Lord, just reveal to me. Open my eyes that I can see and reveal to me what you want me to do. So these blessings in summation form, is that God will exalt us, that God will give us health. And it's right here in Deuteronomy 28. God will make us reproductive. God will give us prosperity. He'll give us victory. He'll give us favor. Then you can start in verse number 15. You can go down through verse 68. And we're not going to. That's too many verses. But we can find the different forms. Just like we see the forms that blessing take, we can also find the forms that curses take. So later on, if you want to read that, you can And the reason that the curses come upon them is directly opposite of why the blessings came upon them. The reason the curses come upon them is because they didn't listen to God's voice and because they didn't do things God's way. So if I want the blessing upon my life, it's real simple. I need to listen to God's voice and I need to do things God's way. If if the curse comes upon me, it's because I haven't listened to God's voice and it's because I'm not doing things God's way. And the summation of all of those curses is that sometimes we suffer humiliation and sometimes we suffer different kinds of sickness. Now, this doesn't mean that every time that somebody gets sick that they're under a curse. It doesn't mean that, okay? But sometimes we just had too many hamburgers or cheeseburgers. But there are things that come upon us occasionally that cause this to happen. Sometimes there's family breakdowns that take place because of of curses upon our life. Sometimes poverty comes. I happen to believe that poverty is a curse. Now, some people don't think it is, but I happen to believe that the Bible teaches that poverty is a curse, and I think that Jesus eradicated that curse on the cross of Calvary. Well, the Bible says that, you know, well, pastor, what are you going to say? The Bible said he became poor that we might become rich. The Bible also said he became sin. Where did he become sin? On the cross. Then how come he couldn't become poor on the cross? That's where he was eradicating everything, right? And so I think that part of the atonement is that God made a way for us to live the blessed life. Uh, Sometimes if we're constantly suffering defeat and we're living a defeated life and everything is constantly defeat, 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 it's an indication that there might be a curse attached to us. If there's constant oppression, now all of us have down days every now and then, but if there is constant oppression upon our life and and there's always a heaviness and always a blackness, that is a demonic curse. That is a demonic curse that's over our life. 
Because the Bible said Jesus came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. And the Bible said the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so the Bible teaches us that He wants to bless us. If we live a lifestyle of failure, now it's, it's, you know, it's, it's normal to fail every now and then, but if you live a lifestyle of failure where nothing you touch is successful, then it's an indication that there could be a curse, maybe a generational curse that is attached to your life. How do you come against that? By blessing. By blessing. Sometimes people's lives are marked by God's disfavor instead of God's favor. So this is just kind of a, a, a broad picture of the causes and the, and the cures of, of curses. Um, and, and in this series on, on spiritual warfare that we're talking about, it's, it's a subject that we need to talk about because we don't need to be ignorant of Satan's devices. We need to know how he works so we know how to counteract against him so we can begin to ascertain, is this just something that's happening? Is it coincidence or is it demonic activity? And if it's a demonic activity, i.e. a curse that's coming into our life, then we have the power and we have the authority over the works of the enemy by rights of our position as a son of God, an heir of God, and a joint heir of Jesus Christ to tell the devil, get your grimy hands off my life. We have that right, don't we? We have that right. We have the authority. So we, uh, and it's not a lot of fun, you know, talking about curses. And it's not a lot of fun, you know, dealing with things like this. But how else are we going to learn? I just want you to always remember that when we're talking about things like that, that you have authority over the devil. You have authority over the works of the enemy. You have authority over the power of the enemy. And the devil cannot mess with you unless you let him. Unless you let him. <laughs> I'll tell you this uh, little example and then, and then, we'll, be th- and then we'll be through. <laughs> I remember we hadn't been married very long at all. And we were living uh, in a place of all places in Kentucky, there in Winchester, Kentucky, called Hungry Holler. <laughs> this is the truth. It, it, we lived on the corner of Cook Avenue and Tin Pan Alley. That's where we lived. In little old rundown house that was held up by blocks, and it had been there forever and a day. Remember the old shingled siding houses? And that was our first house. So we were there, and the girls were actually born when we lived there, and this has been 25 years ago or more. And I remember one time, I mean, I was walking through the kitchen, and the floor was so that the refrigerator fell over on me. And I caught the thing. I pushed it back up. I said, that was odd, you know. (laughs) But I remember there was something going on. I can't even remember what it was. And I heard this screech. And I thought, what in the world is going on? And Donna had went and got a broom and had opened the front door and pulled a Vic. Devil, get out of my house. And she ran through the house, sweeping the devil out of the house. You say, (laughs) Uh, that might be a little extreme, but it was entertaining. And I think the devil got the message. I think the devil got the message. The point I'm making here is you have the authority to run the devil out of your life. Don't you let the devil mess with you. Don't you let him mess with your mind. Don't let him mess with your health. 
Don't let him mess with your finances. Don't let him mess with your relationships. Don't let him mess with your kids. You tell the devil, I know who I am and I know who you are. And I know my rights and my, I'm my authority and I know you have no rights and you have no authority. So I take authority over you right now in the name of Jesus and reverse the curse that you have tried to put on my life and from this day forward, when I'm reviled, I will bless. I will bless. It'll be hard because your flesh will have to die. And your flesh will want to punch him in the nose. But your spirit says, don't. Because if you punch him in the nose, you're feeding the thing. And whatever you feed will grow. So I don't know about you. I want the blessing on my life. I want peace in my life. I want tranquility. And I'm not about to give the devil entrance. When I see something that looks like a curse, I ask the Lord to reveal to me what to do. And then I combat it with blessing. Let's stand. Thank you for joining us today on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www. Dot Suncoast 4, and that's the number 4, Jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.